Guys, here with your FC Wonder Kid episode 146. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? I am doing about as well as Phil Walter Foden Whew. is right now, and probably Pep Guardiola in a quick second. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm doing great, Alex. I'm happy to be here. Episode 146. We got a lot to talk about. Manchester Derby. We're going to go through our best Premier League Wonder Kids. We're going to talk about the Champions League, some MLS, so mm-hmm. much. Um, and we could be here for hours, but we're not going to be. We want to keep moving on, but I would love for people to uh, let us know what they think of this week's football. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. And you said Phil Walter Foden is one of the happiest men this weekend. Well, understandably, he is, but another happy man mm-hmm. this weekend. And I wanted to say this on the podcast. George Jesus could be the manager with most wins in a row in the history of football at Ali Lal. They've got 25 wins in a row since he started. Zero draws, zero losses. Mitrovic, Milikovic, Savic, Rubenevich, they're the best team in Saudi Arabia. Not all that said right now. Three wins away to break the record. Just wanted to mention that. But breaking records is what Phil Foden is doing this season. 28 goal involvements and no doubt, Southgate, you must start Phil Foden. You must start Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden, and obviously Bukayo Saka. Three talismans of this English national team. And when I see now these English players playing, I understand that England are definitely one of the favorites for the Euros. And if they don't win, I think it's because of Gareth Southgate. Oh my days. What a season he's having. Um, it, it is. It is. It's already his best season, right? And he's mm-hmm. got 11 games remaining in the Premier League season, Ooh. and they are tracking Liverpool. They are tracking Arsenal or beating Arsenal. But they <laughs> are doing what they need to do right now. But Phil Foden has been otherworldly recently. I'm not saying, you know, Holland is just kind of sitting in the back seat somewhere or De Bruyne is sitting in the back seat somewhere. They've game. had their fair she's. Uh, they did, you're absolutely right. He did in this game. And that's what I was going to say, but they did kind of in this game. And it was because Phil Walter Foden uh, decided to come up uh, and get it done. And unfortunately silence uh, all those old Trafford fans that, that saw that counterattack work um, <laughs> that first time, beautiful goal, uh, I thought it looked a smidge offside, but I guess it wasn't. <laughs> and then you, when you saw Rashford miss the second two chances, he was in, mis, uh, miscontrolled it, and then the second time, it was a little bit of a weird, acute angle, but if he put those away, um, maybe mm-hmm. we'd be singing a different tune. But in the end, second half, that's Manchester City's half. It's true. Um, and and you, you just knew it. And plus, Rodri was on the field. So we always knew at some point Manchester City wouldn't let that go dying. Right. <laughs> that uh, I don't know what it's up to now, but it's well beyond 50. Right. True. True. Rodri has been absolutely fundamental to the best defensive midfielder in the world. It was interesting too to see Casemiro. Casemiro yeah. that has 20 goals scored for Manchester United in 71 games for the club. He's changed the way he plays from Real Madrid to Man United because it's needed. Yeah. The goals are absolutely needed in this team. But going back to the talisman, Phil Foden. <laughs> Phil Foden is there when Man City need him. Phil Foden, in his Man City career, 256 games, 77 goals, and 51 assists. And Phil Foden, at the age of 23, has equaled David Silva in goals. Equaled! That is magnificent to do. It really is. 
It really is. Cons- I mean, considering he's only 23, um, and True. it's not like Silva was there for a jog in the park. Silva was there for a decade. Oh. Um, so Phil Foden has only been there, what, he was 17 years old was when mm-hmm. he made his debut. So we're talking in 60% or so of the time that David Silva was there. Phil Foden Ish. has matched it. And the majority of those early years, he was Mr. Super Sub or mm-hmm. barely scraping by. And that's the thing. That's like, it, it just, it, it kind of warms my heart, whether you're a Manchester City fan or not. Consider how many times Phil Foden had the door open for him to leave. You know, Hello. Pep Guardiola always mm-hmm. says, I have wonderful players at my disposal. True. And if they do not want to fight for their position, I I have no problem letting a really good player leave because I want somebody there that understands his role. Mm-hmm. Phil Foden, as a young kid developing at Manchester City, developing under Pep Guardiola, had to have had many moments where he was frustrated Very not true. getting in the 11. One of the best sides in the world obviously has grown into the best side in the world over the last few seasons. And it comes down to the fact that Phil Foden's persistence, his ability to uh, continue to earn the trust, make the right decisions when he's on the pitch and step up in big moments. And uh, that's that's why Phil Foden's still there. I, it's, <laughs> it really is a, such a cool story of persistence considering how many other Manchester City Academy uh, ha- players have been sold off True. to fund their endeavors. We so, only have Bob good on Phil Foden. Enrico yeah. Lewis staying right now in that team. <laughs> and yep. another mad That's stat, true. Phil Foden mm-hmm. in his last two seasons has scored six goals against Man United. No player wow. in the world has scored more goals to Man United than Phil Foden. This is a player that was born and raised to be a Man City player. That is history and that's his dream scenario so phil foden keep going bold and as i said england start bellingham start foden start saka call up kobe maino start harry kane and win the euros and if you don't you must suck gareth southgate because this is a golden generation right there and I talk about sucking. I don't want to say suck Eric Ten Hag. If you want to listen about our conversation, about our well, how we think managerial, go check out episode 145, our last podcast. But one thing I'd love to see. Rashford scored a manif- magnificent goal. But after that, what did we see from Rashford after in this game? We saw misses. And this is what we I have to point out. Rashford... Great goal, but you need to become a consistent goal scorer to be in the top five players in the Premier League, to be compared to uh, Erling Haaland, to be compared to a Bukayo Saka that is younger and better, and to be compared to a better player right now that is Phil Foden in my eyes. Rashford, get the consistency because with it, he's a world-class player. World-class player. And that's not an understatement. I really believe he is when he's consistent. Exactly, when he's consistent. And and could you imagine if a Marcus Rashford is consistent heading into the Euros uh, <laughs> exactly. this summer, the depth? And the, the, I think the bigger issue for most people is whether or not Gareth Southgate can properly put a lineup out there. Um, as you mentioned, three guys that should definitely be on the field. If Marcus Rashford somehow rounds into at left wing. past Marcus Rashford form at left wing... Um, I mean, that is just such a formidable attack that it's it's scary. But we did see him regress to the mean. We saw Garnacho get lost, as sometimes happens in True. massive games for young players. Kabi Mainu, while it was his first uh, first 
Manchester Derby start. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he actually played pretty dang well for an 18-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the qualifier for an 18-year-old. That's not necessarily going to win you the game. And Eric Ten Hag did what Eric Ten Hag can do without ha uh, Hoyland <laughs> up front. He kept doing what they've done best this season, which is the counterattack, the transition, um, and try and catch him. And they almost did. It worked. It really worked well for the first half. I mean, you had Rashford through on goal, not once, but twice. And my, would it have been different if he, have conver if he had converted True. that second one. Um, but... City's quality took over, and you knew that they were going to pin them back exactly. for at least 15, 20, 30 minutes, and I just don't think they were up for it. So I'm with you. I understand the whole Ten Hag potentially getting sacked thing. Listen, if Radcliffe comes in and decides that this is not the way forward, that's his prerogative for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but when when you continue, is what, four bosses, five bosses in the last four years, at some point you got to draw a line um, and, and you got to find the incremental growth instead of the, hey, we're right back in the top two, top three. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've already got pundits out there saying things were a whole lot better under old Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, that's, that's, that's done and gone, people. Um, but who you but bring in next, you got to get that right. He got a second yeah, place, did. though. <laughs> and, then they and then they sacked him for it. <laughs> uh, but no, I get you. It's the consistency factor. But Crazy. I still have big doubts that Sir Jim Radcliffe will want to be Eric Ten Hag, be that guy. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think he is that guy. So let us know down below yeah. what do you think about this. But one thing I know. For sure, mm -hmm. Man City are the favorites towards winning the Premier League. And the most important game to define who will be the next Premier League winner will be the Man City against Liverpool game in Anfield. It's going to be for crucial sure. for Liverpool to win this game. And whoever wins, I think will win the Premier League. Or Man City or Liverpool. And yes, I'm saying that Arsenal is not going to win the Premier League because one of these two teams are definitely my favorites towards winning. Because Liverpool, they got the star with them. They got that little star that in the last minute, they score a goal. In the 99th minute, they score the goal to win against Forest. And you could see in the eyes of the players, it's more than just a game. It's Jurgen Klopp's last season at Liverpool. It's Jurgen Klopp's greatness in action. And Jurgen Klopp mm. is definitely a factor towards that last match winning goal of Darwin Nunes that has scored six last match winning goals this season 25 goal contributions but Darwin Nunes a player that it was yeah. not a mistake to go get off Benfica many people still judge Darwin Nunes but tell me how many world-class strikers are ahead of Darwin I'm sure you cannot name more than 10 okay or more than five right now <laughs> for the no, age I'll, okay it's, I, it's I, a challenge though it's a challenge <laughs> I, I know i know there will be a lot of people in the comments saying that that was a a, a bit of refereeing um terribleness if uh to, to make up a word completely no, that's from madrid that led to that oh oh referees <laughs> were definitely front and center um in this one but nottingham forest will tell you uh differently but yeah i mean it, those types of heroics that type of uh bottled up magic uh you knew once it was once it cleared the defender that darwin was going to nod that one home exactly right he misses the easy ones he generally makes the hard ones <laughs> <laughs> that's what we. Uh, that's what I've come to to notice with Darwin Nunez. But for for me, Liverpool with this injury, this is an injury crisis. I don't think there's really any other way to 
paint it. There are several Premier League teams with an injury crisis right now. Liverpool, who happens to be leading the league, mm -hmm. has one, right? That's why they started with Bobby Clark. That's why Connor Bradley has somehow stepped up and become a very good mm -hmm. player for Liverpool because he was and given Dan's. the chance in Alexander-Arnold's. Dan's, it looks, yeah, every time he gets on the ball, uh, if he touches it in the opposition's box, he's generally pretty dang scary. It's, it's but true. my under uh, under the current here, guys that started out relatively slow have really revved up and stepped up for Liverpool. Harvey Elliott is mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, Alexis McAllister, I think, has grown into yes. more, even though it's a little bit of a different role than Kisses. his time at Brighton. He has, yeah, he has grown into a very good player after a very slow start. Um, and then Wataru Endo, absolutely everywhere. And what a good piece of identification uh, for Liverpool to bring him <laughs> in as depth, knowing that they likely were not going to have Thiago, they likely weren't going to have Matip, they weren't going to have any of these guys for like decades. So, those <laughs> but, three guys have mm -hmm. skated under the surface for me um, that set that table essentially in the end uh, but, for that little piece of magic uh, for Darwin's heroics. But what's, yeah. what's crazy for me, you mentioned the Liverpool midfield. The Liverpool yeah. midfield that was greatness assembled, in my view, from Jurgen Klopp, just like we saw with the fullbacks in the past with Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Greatness again yep. by getting Hendo. And McAllister. Mm -hmm. They cost combined, I think it's less than 60 million pounds. And yeah. who are they going to get? Moises Caicedo instead. Good decision by Liverpool. Opting not to get, no, I think it was even Caicedo opting to go to Chelsea instead of Liverpool. So thank you, Caicedo, for making that decision because McAllister and Hendo cost less than 60 million pounds. And yes, they're great midfield options. And even a Graven Birch that's but still developing. He will improve long term, in my view. But I do have to say, a Caicedo under Jurgen Klopp would be a different Caicedo. I am still <laughs> not closing the door on 100 million euro Caicedo. Um, I'm just closing the door on 100 million Caicedo at Chelsea under Pochettino. That's what I'm closing the door on. So Caicedo, I think, under Klopp would have been a very different player. And Fair also, enough. if McAllister was there too, I don't know if it was one or the other, but if McAllister was there too, you have that tandem. Uh, they they look pretty good together in Brighton's midfield. So uh, I, I still hold true, Alex, that Arsenal is the stronger candidate to win this thing if it's <laughs> not Manchester City. But but Liverpool, if they continue to come up with um, with wins like this, th this is exactly what you need um, to keep in the race. And you're right. Kelleher's one of the best goalkeepers great. in the Premier League right now. No joke. Right he stepped yeah. up yeah, his right game now. to replace Allison. Mm -hmm. They win a League Cup mm -hmm. against Chelsea. He has a masterclass now against Forrest. And he's been a reliable goalkeeper for a number of years now for Liverpool. Ireland's future. <laughs> Kelleher. I put him ahead of Gavin Bazunu for what he's doing at Liverpool. And Bazunu's also yeah, great. I, I, <laughs> Bazunu is also great. Um, but... My gosh, has he taken some shellackings? Uh, and even in the championship, he's had he's had some bad games for True. them, uh, for Southampton. And they're, I mean, they have made their way into the. Uh, all right, we're getting off on a tangent. We can talk about the championship championship but, other time. But I wanted but to mention long-winded way of saying yes. Kelmy and Kelleher does deserve 
Ireland's number one. Ah, I agree with you with that. I do agree. And a huge week it was for West Ham too. West Ham that are yeah. right now seventh position, and there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of haters on David Moyes, but the truth is, West Ham have no striker, but they've got numbers in terms of goals. Jaron Bowen, 22 goal involvements this season. James Ward-Prowse, 16. Then you have Kudus, 13 goal involvements. You got Paqueta. Mm -hmm. With 11 goal involvements and Shosusek, 10 goal involvements. No striker, but in terms of goals, this is one of the best West Ham teams I've seen a number of years back. And they're Conference League winners, and they're in the round of 16 right now in a European competition. I think David Moyes yep. is doing a good job since he has no striker. But I do think he's a bit to blame for not playing well with a striker. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah. agree. Uh, not not exactly adapting, right? Uh, exactly. Kind of like a Vincent Company feel from time to time. You're not adapting Burnley, and that's why you're going down. And, and Paqueta. Uh, anyway. Two wins in a row yeah. with Paqueta. Mm -hmm. When Paqueta's back, West Ham is one of the best teams in the Premier League. No doubt in my mind. And if they're going to win the Conference League, it's with Lucas Paqueta that is arguably the best player in the Conference League this season. And Etzel Alvarez, Kudush, they've assembled players to replace Declan Rice. They've got, done a great job. And James Ward-Prowse, one of the best free kick takers in the world. Etzel Alvarez, masterclass against Everton. What a game. I'm shocked with how good I, they're playing. I just wonder what West Ham fans feel, okay? <laughs> I feel like it's like, we're a London club. We've been around forever. We have this amazing, amazing, loyal fan base. Mm -hmm. And David Moyes um, is coming off of losing quite a bit of games, and he's got a little mini winning streak going on right now. True. And they're a stone's throw away from Manchester United, two points behind. Hmm. Um, so you can't necessarily argue with results if you look at West Ham in exactly. a kind of a limited or a capped light. There are, I'm sure, a subset of that fandom that says, well, we're West Ham. We should be bigger than that. And I bet you some of them wonder, like, why can't we get Unai Emery Aston Villa results here Whoa. at West Ham? Well, why can't we get them? I just ask, like, West Ham fans if they were willing to lose David Moyes to Everton. If Everton had David Moyes, <laughs> I think they'd be winning that game against West Ham, maybe, if Sean Dyche was the West yeah. Ham coach. I think, he, but, honestly... But He's a good manager, David Moyes. But he's, and he's one of the greats in the Premier League in his own fashion. Because he wins the European competition. He was a Man United, unfairly judged at Man United, a locker room that wasn't supporting him. Wayne Rooney has come public about it. I like him as mm -hmm. a coach. I think West Ham do good with him. Moyes ball. <laughs> I, I, just think, I just think that they feel capped under David Moyes. They feel like they can't go any higher, that they've reached their precipice. And it's a good precipice, but I think there are there's a large, as they should, uh, there's a large ambitious part of West Ham supporters that want more. And they feel like they won't get it under David Moyes. They also feel like they might not get it if they continue to spend big money on people that don't work. Paqueta worked, sure. Skamaka, worked. Not so much. Kudos, kudos was a lot of worked. Well, well, it, it, uh, I think there are people that are on the fence about Edson Alvarez. What? They um, shouldn't. I don't think they shouldn't be Bretton. <clears throat> he hasn't been as consistent as people want him. Uh, he has been better as of late. I'll give you that. And Jared <laughs> Bowen, in in his in his best, you know, at his best, he could make the England team as a depth player. True. Absolutely, and I think he probably should. Um, but man, at his worst, which we've seen some of this season, more consistently than him at his best, uh, is is. 
it's just he's middling. He's not that good, right? <laughs> so I wonder, like, for you, Alex, if Unai Emery took over West Ham, do you think he could have West Ham in the top five, top four? He could because Unai Emery okay. is a special manager. He's won er yeah, multiple Europa League. And the fact it's... that Aston Villa convinced Unai Emery for me, was very yeah. good. But David Moyes, yeah. I think, is a very good option for West Ham for what they can do. Because they don't have a better squad than Aston Villa, West Ham. In my point of view. Being honest. No. In my point of view. But I could be wrong. I think them ending in the top <laughs> eight, West Ham, is a good job. Yeah. And David Moyes... In his second spell now at West Ham, because it was the second time, because Pellegrini wasn't doing the job that he should have done with the team that he had, they were like, no, 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 come back, boys, we need you again. <laughs> and in his second spell, right. he has 100 wins in his record right now, with the win against yeah. Everton and Goodison Park. So let us know, do you agree or disagree about David Moyes, if you're a West Ham fan or a Premier League fan, because this is a very interesting oh. conversation. But you mentioned Aston yeah. Villa. Aston Villa is yeah. a top five team Oof. right now. I put Aston yeah. Villa playing better than Man United this season. I put Aston yeah. Villa with Ollie Watkins, Leon Bailey, like a Paul Torres, a new defense, and a real midfield playing one of the best footballs I've seen from this team ahead of a Man yeah. United this season. Because of even all, with injuries. Even with injuries, too. Exactly. Ollie mm -hmm. Watkins, 21 goals. 10 assists this season. He's the first player in the Premier League to have 25 goal involvements. Ollie Watkins will stay at Aston Villa. But one thing's for mm -hmm. sure, they could sell him for big bucks like they sell, sold Jack Grealish. But they won't do it because they want to fight consistent, consistently for the top six. Great job by Unai uh Emery. Absolutely. And, and Unai Emery understands like the gravity of every win. In Premier League, I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. his uh, his excitement after they beat Luton Town. Um, they were up to zip on Luton Town. Luton came roaring back, and they deserve all the credit se this season for True. being uh, one of the best, one of the better, I should say, uh, teams that got promoted. Because Sheffield United and Burnley are just dismal Russ to watch Barkley. right now. But could be but called yeah, up Luton for the has Euros. Been, Oh, it's, just, it's it's great to see their persistence. I thought Villa had buried them when Watkins put two in in the first half. I thought for sure they were dead and gone. But no, they give their fans a show. They give their Luton Town fans a show, and that's True. awesome to see. But back to Unai Emery. He understood the gravity of that comeback win. That, again, is like the type of magic that you need for him if you're going to stay in what would be an insane ambitious uh, achievement for Aston Villa. Top four mm -hmm. Champions League football for Unai Emery and Aston Villa would be absolutely monumental. Possible. And I got to say, you said you said they're a top five team. They have been a top five team since match day six. They have not left the top five since match day six Respect. in the Premier League. And that comes with some some bad stretches for sure. Mm -hmm. It also happens to be a Premier League season where like everybody's beaten up on each other, which keeps things kind of closer. But you have to admit, like now you're getting Lucas Dina and Musa Diaby. Once Ali Watkins set the plate, mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Di uh, Diaby and Lucas Dina were the ones that finished it. They were put on, and within 10 minutes, they had scored the 89th minute match winner to beat Luton Town, get all three points, and put a little bit of uh, daylight in between them and Manchester United. So, or Spurs, I'm sorry, Spurs. And 
I think the biggest understanding of what Unai Emery has done uh, is probably why I made that uh, if Unai Emery took over West Ham, who doesn't have a striker type of situation, is what Unai Emery has done with Ollie Watkins. He has turned him into a bona fide top Premier League striker, uh, one that even if he's not scoring goals, he's creating them. Douglas Uh, Luiz. And Douglas Luiz is one one of the best DMs. Mm -hmm. 100%. And it's all because of Unai Emery. So he might be yeah. selling Douglas Luiz for a hundred million. <laughs> Ooh, to where? Well, to a Arsenal? team that definitely needs them, which is Arsenal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Arsenal. I was gonna go. So Watk- Watkins and Douglas Luiz to Arsenal. Could go for I don't know. One hundred and fifty. I think Ali Watkins stays at Aston Villa. Douglas Luiz, I'd say eighty million. Victor Jokic is a hundred million. Arsenal getting them both Ooh. next summer. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And do I believe Jokeres and Douglas Luiz would make, would make Arsenal a Premier League title winning team? I do. Maybe. I do. I think mm-hmm. those two transfers, plus a winger and an, and another, full, another fullback, that would make it for me. And it would be a different type of team because the goals would yeah. be scored a lot more. But let us know, do you agree or disagree with what we just said? But one thing we saw and we want to talk, we're FC Wonder Kid. We specify a lot about Wonder Kids because that's what we love. And we've been doing it for multiple years. It's been a decade talking about Wonder Kids, okay? Do the background check on us, FB Wonder Kids. So I thought... <laughs> We should talk about the young players in the Premier League because this is a very fun league. Arsenal, they're they're playing beautiful football. Since he's playing beautiful football and Liverpool's playing beautiful football with the Wonder Kids being majorly important. So we rank here our top 10 Premier League Wonder Kids. And if you disagree with our second or third or fourth or fifth, whatever option, let us know in the comment section that this player is better than the other and tell us why. You believe that is the case. But we're going to mention a lot more, not just 10. Right, Bretton? <laughs> oh, yeah. There will be snubs. That mm-hmm. is for sure in this one. Um, mm. 10 is just not enough. 10 is just not enough. So to lay the table, it's 21 and mm-hmm. under exactly. is what we're de- dealing with now. Some of these guys are right on the cusp. They might like turn 22 by the time we post this. But 21 and under is what we're going for. I, I got to ask... Who's your tenth? Because it's it's crazy. I'll, or do you just want to like name the ten, or do you want to go one at a time? I think I think we should name three at the time, so it's in a good pace, Ooh, so people okay. at home can say two, three at the time, or three that they're thinking. Okay. So my number like ten it. is Tino Livramento. My number nine <laughs> is Jared Braithwaite, underrated center back of Everton, and my number nice. eight is Destiny Udogi, one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League. It's his first season in the Premier League, and I think. Long term, Di Marco's in the Azuri, but long term, the Azuri will have to play Di Marco with Destiny Udogi for how good they are. So these are my 10th, 9th, and 8th in the Premier League. Team Livermento, is... Brathwaite, and Destiny Udogi. That is hysterical. Um... Don't tell me you got the three. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, 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 not all three, but like, come on. The fact <laughs> that I even got two of the three is oh, pretty. We didn't ridiculous. talk before we, this. We, we, we live my we live 3,000 plus miles away, and we generally don't talk for the week before this. We fill up a Google Doc, but we don't tell what we're going to put down. So uh, my 10th is Kabi Mainu for Manchester United. Whoa, oh, uh, that's insane. I, 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 know, I, I know a lot of people are going to yell at me for that. I It is understandable. I get it. I wrestled with it, but I just feel... Like, there's too small of a sample size. Now, I think we do this three months from now, right? I honestly think he's like, (laughs) he's rising rapidly here, okay? Three months ago, nobody 
well, we knew his yeah, name. Yeah, a lot of people knew his name, but he was working his way in it. I have Kobe oh, Maino ahead of Alejandro Garnacho. Oh my god! I do. It's too soon, I'm controversial. Sir. He, I'm controversial, he, baby. He has he has the potential to be generational, but I just don't think he's there yet. Okay, ah. so Kobe Maino is ten. But are you ready for this? This is where the fun lies. Number nine for me, just like Alex, is Jared Branthwaite. I think he's been the only, one of the only good things about an Everton side this season. That lucky for Everton, they saw 10 points down to six-point deduction. So they got a little breathing room above them and a relegation scrap. And then my number eight, uh, and he's only kind of fallen back into eight recently, Mm -hmm. is Destiny Udogi uh, for Tottenham. I still think he is one of the most exciting left backs, period. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Premier League, um, so wow. I, I he's only 21, and I'm really really excited to see what his future at Spurs uh, is. Uh, but he started the season red hot. I think there's been a little bit of a petering off. But number eight for me is Udogi. So, so ten is Mainu, Branthwaite mm-hmm. nine, Udogi eight. Mad, you're putting my notes on Fredson in know, my I point know, of I view, but I share, luckily enough, the same ninth and eighth. That's mad. That is Crazy. mad that we have the same. So, so. Three positions until the fifth. So I have Tino Livremento, 10th. I have eight, ninth, Jared Brightwhite, eighth, Destiny mm-hmm. Udogi. My seventh is Alejandro Garnacho, one of the best young wingers in the Premier League. <laughs> my sixth pick is Evan Ferguson. And my fifth pick is Kobe Maino because I've seen enough with him. I think Kobe Maino okay. will be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League in the next three years wow. with the way he's playing. I'm not saying he's Kevin De Bruyne, people, but I do believe he's going to establish himself as a starter of this Man United team in the next three years. And whoever next coach is, he's got to play Alejandro Garnacho, Kobe Maino, and Razums Hoyland, the future of Man United. So I think... If I think Kobe Maino should go to the Euros for England, I certainly think mm-hmm. he should be in the top five wonder kids of the Premier League in my point of view. So I've got Kobe Maino in fifth, generational talent at Manchester United. And who's your sixth again? For some reason, I blanked out. Evan Ferguson. Evan Ferguson. That's He is a snub of mine right now. What? Um, I uh, I really, really think that he has all the tools to be a striker. But yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't like discount or just forget about what his form looks like at I'm the moment. I'm curious about your list, um, I'm curious yeah, about I it. I know. I know. I'm suspect all around, Alex. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. My number seven is Harvey Elliott. Okay. Mm. Still 20 years old. The other day, he just lifted his second Carabao Cup trophy. True. Uh, and he is still the youngest ever to play at 15 years old in the Carabao Cup. That's not what we're necessarily here for. But I think that there are, he is the youngest uh, of players that have really stepped up for Liverpool. Yes, I believe he's even younger than Connor Bradley, who is everybody's kind of breakout star right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But Harvey Elliott, um, I I think knowing that he is never going to really break in on his preferred right side, uh, but playing wherever he needs to play. Um, he's one of those that are still in the nascent stages of earning Klopp's trust. 
True. Um, and and just plugging the gap, right? Plug the gap and uh, and make sure that Liverpool lives another day until they get their stars back. But I think he's actually played well enough. He's scored a few goals that he deserves a whole lot more time moving forward. So number seven for me uh, is Harvey Elliott with a quick shout out to Jarrell Kwanza, who's also been Ooh. phenomenal for Liverpool, but he's not in my list. But number seven, Harvey Elliott. Number six for me is my guy, Pop Matarsar. Uh, I know when he went away for AFCON that people kind of forgot about him. This kid is a stud and mm-hmm. has been for Spurs, has not yet kind of gotten back into that form, but I'm pretty confident he will be a massive part of Big Ange's setup uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, and as they get better and better and more formidable as a team, it will be, co- be because Matarsar matures and gets even better. Okay. Uh, and my number five is Alejandro Garnacho. I just can't look past uh, me enjoying the, the, the swag, me enjoying his is what's the what's the best word um flair. it's like an annoyance uh, an ignorance almost mm. right flair yeah a haughtiness um <clears throat> that he takes to the stage that you just don't see that often you know like bukayo saka is never going to be that kind of uh, flashy dude per se garnacho yeah he's got that like verve and i really enjoy that about him and i also hate it about him I, I really hate it about him. If I'm the opposing team, I don't want to play against him. Now, Manchester City knows how to play against him. But, exactly. So seven for me, Elliot. Six is Matar Sar. Five is Garnacho. Well said about Harvey Elliott. And if I'm, if I'm thinking properly now, I'm going to re-put my 10 and I'm going to put Harvey Elliott there. Well said, Bretton. Yes. Because how nice. young he's been, how much on the scene he's been, I agree with you. Harvey Elliott is a player that must be mentioned. And with, with Mo Salah being there... He's for sure not going to play right wing. But when Mo no. Salah leaves, Harvey Elliott will be this going against someone to be the next right winger. So that battle sure. will be very interesting to see next season at Liverpool. Or maybe they're going to play with a right wing back like Jeremy Frimpong. Who knows what's going to be happening mm. at Liverpool next season. But it's been controversial. Yes, these top, te- top 10 picks right great. now until the 5th. But... I think here, uh, I think it's not going to be controversial, these top five picks, in my point of view. (laughs) So my fifth pick of the best players in the Premier League, Kobe Maino. My fourth pick, Rico Lewis, a veteran already, already, or playing like a veteran, Rico Lewis right now for this Man City team. Fourth place in the top top 10 under-21 wonder kids in the Premier League. Mm. And my third place, I put the best player of Chelsea this season, Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer has been absolutely fundamental for this Pochettino team to have results and goals when they when they shouldn't have because they're not playing good football. And Cole Palmer delivers when he is needed. So my fifth place, Kobe uh-huh. Maino. Fourth wow. place, Rico Lewis. And third place, Cole Palmer. The top two in the Premier League. It's going to be controversial. So see the full video, people. <laughs> oh my yeah so that means wow cole palmer's third i think i know who your top two is but i'm really interested to see who your top your your first is um okay well with it's my hard. fifth is garnacho we're only going down to three right you want the top two at the end here yeah so we're a little little overlap two. okay i like it i already mentioned it as so, a top three um, yeah <laughs> yeah here's here's a fun little snub manchester city fans you please kill me i mean i Almost wanted to hurt myself after letting him go. I don't have Rico Lewis in my top 10. Oof. 
I do not. I do not. And I, I, I feel that. That gave me shivers, that. mate. That gave me shivers. Because uh, Rico Lewis I mean, a lot, has to be called up yeah. for the English national team for the versatility but, he offers. Yeah, I mean, maybe for the versatility. There's quite a few versatile players that could also join in there. I mean, Rico Lewis still has some development to do. But yeah, True. I mean, he is well on his track to becoming a different version of a Phil Foden in the sense of being one of those academy players that Pep Guardiola uh, trusts mm -hmm. and he has trusted in the past. I just think it's been more out of sight, out of mind. It's not like he's been playing a whole lot as of late, mm -hmm. but doesn't doesn't discount his absolute quality for me. And obviously, he's like a an ele like an eleventh for me. <laughs> but that's crazy though because he nah. was what three, four for you. But anyway, five for me, Garnacho. Four. We're talking versatility here. I'm going Levi Colwell. Well, why are you doing Levi Colwell? Colville when Chelsea is a mid table cruddy team right exactly. sorry chelsea fans i didn't i didn't mean to be so whatever um I'm a lot of it on is Kozel, yeah because i don't have yeah uh, it's it's just seeing his uh his absolute uh, ability to be so calm on the ball um is what i like versatility helps uh he's been one of the more trusty more dependable of a back four even after they've gone out and purchased the sauce you know, I don't know every center back in Ligon under the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Desasi and Badia Shile. I don't. I don't think people even know where Badia Shile is these days. Um, so if he's outperformed them. Would I? Would I think he'd be higher or as high in a Brighton shirt? I think he could be higher. Exactly. In a Brighton shirt, in a Brighton right. shirt I'd have Levi Colville in the top ten, a hundred percent. But this yeah. season, I cannot put Levi Colville in the top ten, and I even have Jared Brathwaite that is underrated at Everton. And that's probably why you have Palmer at three. Uh, mm -hmm. But five for me, Garnacho. Four is Levi Colville. Three is Rasmus Vinter. Ah, we disagree. Um, yeah. we, we do disagree. disagree. And listen, there's there's no there's no doubt that in that Manchester derby, they missed Rasmus Vinter. Exactly. I think he was rounding into form at exactly the right time, mm -hmm. and then that dumb injury, dumb dumb injury takes him out. And uh, we don't get to see him on the biggest stage in the Premier League uh, at the Manchester Derby protecting his, his own Old Trafford. So I, I really wish we could have seen him. Maybe he'd be a little bit higher if that's the case, a little no. recency bias in effect. But you have seen the glimpses of, of uh, real stardom mm -hmm. that, could, that could happen here. Uh, so top three, while it might feel a little too low or a little too well high, even though it's a lower number, um, it is. It is it is one that he's a rising three for mm -hmm. me for sure, rising mm. three. So there you go. Well, my top three. So you're gonna be you're gonna okay. be a bit shocked, Breton. My top three best <laughs> under twenty one players this season. No, my top three best players in the Premier League under twenty one. I put third Cole Palmer. I put second Jeremy Doku. Undoubtedly one of the best dribblers in Europe this season. And I put number one Rasmus. Winter Hoyland, wow. the player of the month of February of the Premier League, the player that this season has 13 goals, two assists, and the player that is the main catalyst, in my point of view, to make a top four for Man United in the Premier League, if they're going to get it. No Rasmus Winter Hoyland, no party. And we saw that more than evident against Man City. This man was competing to be the top goal scorer of the Champions League when they were in the Champions League, Man United. I know at the time, zero Premier League goals, but look at him, look at him now. Consistently, yep. and 2024, he's 
a different man. I know I've got big time subs, but my top five Premier League top under 21s, I have fifth Kobe Maino, I have fourth Rico Lewis, third Cole Palmer, second Jeremy Doku, and I've got Kasmus Winterhoyland, number one. The Danish wow. monster brewing at Man United. So how can you say that? It, so you're saying Rasmus Winterhoyland is number one in spite of Eric Ten Hag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or are, you saying, or are you giving him? Are you giving him credit, Ten Hag? In, no, in his... no, no, mate. I, I, okay. I, I, I think, I think with a Ruben Emery with a Rasmus Hoyland, boy, oh uh -huh. boy, <laughs> yeah. what we would Fair see. Enough. But I think Rasmus Hoyland, he wasn't being delivered the ball at the start of this season. How can you treat your no, striker like that? I know he didn't have the best team next to him. He didn't have Eriksen like he had like season last season with the glue of a midfield. Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno. But still, yeah. you got to do better. And I see many problems that come from the way the ball went to Hasmus Winterhold at the beginning of the season. You were putting a Mason Mount on the pitch. You were putting yeah. an Anthony a lot on the pitch when he wasn't delivering. So... That was happening, and I did not like it. I think world-class potential, Hoyland. Alex, I, I have a very serious ad serious admission to make. Mm. I forgot Mason Mount even existed. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Man United fans should be saying oh. the same. 60 million spent. Anthony, 100. 60 million spent on oh. Mason Mount. Like, Hasmus Winter Hoyland is the Holy Grail right now. He's the difference. He's the man that, even mm. though the team's not playing the best football, he's right there. And it's Garnacho Maino and Hasmus Winterhoyland that you got to invest in the future. All top but, 10 players in the Premier League yeah. under 21. We both have three. But, them three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I, I really do have to ask, like, I, what has happened to Mason Mount? Is he injured? He's been injured? He's been or injured? He just... He's been injured. He's been okay. injured. Yes. Okay. A, a lot right. of the season. Some, somebody, somebody give me a medical update on the guy because, wow, I 100% uh, forgot he existed. That's insane. No. Uh, my, my, brain, my brain just broke a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. My top three, while I disagree with yours, I respect it. Mm -hmm. Number three for me is Rasmus Winter Hoyland, to repeat that. Mm. Number two, number two, Jeremy Doku for me. And I think you know what that means for my number one. And this is one where I am going to whiffle waffle or whatever you want to call it on Chelsea. Because what Cole Palmer has done ah. um, at Chelsea coming out of an academy with only a few appearances, right, for Manchester City, he scored a few goals, right? He did it in, in some big stage games for Manchester City. And given time, he probably would have been a star for mm -hmm. Manchester City. But he needed a stage. He got a stage. Chelsea's his team. Now he's got to own the underperformance so far this season, but he is not the problem in True. no way, shape, or form. And this is one of those kids that got a stage, um, and now he is a bona fide uh, tough player to play against. And he's thrust himself into England contention, mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe it's going to take him being red hot throughout the end of the season for that to even happen, considering how stacked England is. I know it's a little bit of an offshoot, um, but just from where he was to where he is now, um, I, I think he deserves number one at the mm -hmm. moment. Now, do I think he has the number one in terms of potential? No. I'd say Jeremy Doku, Hoyland, Garnacho are much higher there. Mainu, Mainu. Much higher mm -hmm. there. Yeah, Mainu for sure. Much higher there. Uh, but as of right now, Cole Palmer, I mean, he means everything. 
to that Chelsea club. He means everything to that Chelsea club, right? So that that's why I put him as number one. Uh, it might it's it's flawed, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but just to list my five, five top five, we got Alejandro Garnacho in fifth, Levi Colville for Chelsea in fourth, Rasmus Winter Hoyland, Manchester United third, uh, Jeremy Doku City, and Cole Palmer. I don't Chelsea even have Levi Colville. I don't even I have don't. Levi Colville. <laughs> that and people could say the disrespect. But I still don't it's, think he's a bona fide English national team player. I can't. Well, I, I, I don't. If it wasn't about Brighton, yes. And he, and I'm mentioning Brighton. We only have one yeah. Brighton player in the top 10 list, which is Evan Ferguson. But in terms of right. talents, they got Valentino Barco that soon, I think, will be in the top 10 list like this. They got Carlos Baleba that's playing great football, mm -hmm. substituting substituting the Moises Caicedo move. And they got... Mm -hmm. Buenanote, that Buenanote is a phenomenal Argentinian midfielder that you should for sure know about. They, they're they doing yeah, good moves still. I, I think next season is the season you see big seasons from them all. Uh, exactly. Buenanote's worked his way into the 11, but I think it, you know, you can't, like all Argentine, Argentinian players can't just come in and automatically hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. You know, it took Garnacho some time to break into the 11 too. Um, but uh, yeah, other names that you mentioned, uh, very true about Brighton. Like, we always talk about them being a Wonder Kid 11. We love it. Uh, but some of them are going through their mid-table. They're mid-table right now because they're dealing with two fronts. Mm -hmm. First time ever in their history that they're dealing with two fronts. Uh, they'll be back. They'll be up there. Oh. They might not have Europe this season, Playing but they'll be up there. Home. Others, <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one to mention there, uh, who is back, just played his first football in a long time, was last season's, I believe it was a goal of the year winner, uh, Julio Enciso is back playing, only 20 years old. Um, but another shout out, Lewis Miley for Newcastle, 17 years old. That's got to be worth something. Mm -hmm. He's been huge for them. Um, and he's also, I think, grown like four inches from the beginning of the season to like the end of the, uh, to the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Just shows you you're putting a 17 year old on the pitch for Newcastle, uh, who won Europe last season. Um, another take a tough one. Another yeah. player. Who's another one? Outside mm -hmm. of even the top six, you have an Alex Scott now at Burnmouth. You got Emilio Skerkes. Yes. You got a Zabarni. All three are wonder kids Zabarni. that could shine in the future for the Cherries. And another yep. two players that I wanted to mention would be Aaron Hickey, that I really like at Brentford. Proper wonder kid at fullback. And Murilo, that was a great move by Nottingham That's Forest. Huge. A future yes. Brazil national team center back? Maybe. He's becoming one of those yeah. players. Because I think they called up the wrong Murilo with Dorival Jr. The Palmeiras yeah. Murilo. They should have called up the Nottingham Forest Murilo. Tell us if you yeah. want us to talk about the Brazil national team call up in the comment section if you want us to do so. And Adam Wharton. Yeah. And I really like Adam Wharton at Crystal Palace. Left footed midfielder. Yeah. 20 million. Er, for sure. For sure. I like, I love though the two center backs you mentioned, Zabarni and mm -hmm. Mario. Um, the only reason they're not higher, they didn't break into the list for me, even though Branthway did, mm -hmm. uh, is, is just simply where they are, right? Exactly. In the table. But Senesi and, um, and Zabarni have formed a nice little formidable kind of building block mm -hmm. for Bournemouth moving forward. Uh, even though I think it was today, today that Anthony uh, Areola won his first game of 2024 for Bournemouth. Mm. So uh, they're, they've got some um, pepping up to do. Uh, I left Tino Le Livermento off. Um, I also left Malo Gusto off. 
Uh, he's had some highs. He's had some lows. But as of recently, he's looked okay. He's looked pretty good. Uh, um, definitely a lot of talent there, um, more on the attacking than on the defense, in my opinion. Um, and then the only other one I wanted to mention that you hadn't mentioned mm-hmm. was before his injury, it, it was a shame. Brian Gravenberg was starting True. to show, show some good stuff for Liverpool. And it's a shame that he's injured right now because I think he'd be continuing that trend. And he'd obviously be a commander in the midfield as well, um, working alongside Endo McAllister. Uh, and it's a shame that that injury has kept him out. And, um, and, and wanted... Oscar, Oscar Bob, yes. Oscar Bob and Jack Hinchel would deserve shout outs for Ooh, sure. Bob is ones. a phenomenal mm-hmm. dribbler. So, and, yeah. and I wanted to mention Chelsea has spent so much money that look at even these snubs we didn't mention in the top 10 pl- wonder kids in the Premier League. A David Washington, an Animadueke, yeah. you got a Carni Shukwameka, you got a yeah. David David Datrufofana. So much money spent based on potential. Chelsea has to go bold in the next few years. So let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree with our top ten list? Who wasn't? Who was the name that we didn't even mention in this video? Let us know in the comment section down below and like this video for more videos just like this. But yes, Bretton. Yeah. Champions League is going to happen next week, and we want to know your predictions for the week that's going ahead and the following week because it's going to be I'm ready. definitely a hard one to predict. Real Sociedad against PSG. How are you feeling, Breton? I, I'm, I'm feeling I'm going to go 100% in predictions this week. So we're starting with Real, <laughs> Real Sociedad <laughs> versus PSG. PSG is a 2-0 lead. Real Sociedad does not look the same as they did earlier this season, dealing with injuries. Um, I think PSG has more than enough uh, to to make sure they don't screw things up at the Anianta. So PSG goes through. PSG 0-0 last weekend against Monaco, though. And Kylian Mbappé... Yeah. Was subbed off at halftime. What did he do, Kylian Mbappé? The owner of PSG, or was the previous owner these past few years? He just goes and he watched from the stands next to his mom. His agent, uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> that well, shows well, the that, respect. The respect right that now. Is a, that is a really interesting thing to bring up. And if they were playing, you know, a PSV. Yes. Or others like, you know, a Porto, I'd probably be more worried for them. But Real Sociedad does not look like the real... The, the, the same Real Sociedad we saw at the beginning of the season. But as a quick aside, yes. and I know we wanted to run through these Champions League predictions, mm-hmm. I we've seen it in the comments. We've meant to find a way to kind of thread Stad Brest ah, uh, yes. or Brest um, into this. And I just have to, to tell people, it, it is not normal for this club to be this high in Ligue 1. Mm. If you don't know Brest... Uh, Brest was in 14th for most of Ligon. They were uh, last season. They were in a relegation fight. Uh, they eventually beat it out and they got it done. They stayed in Ligon even with as many teams. What was it like four teams that went down last mm-hmm. year? Three teams because they were restructuring. Now, listen, this season, they're not just in second. They're in second with daylight ahead of them and Monaco. They had another win the other day. They're four points ahead of Monaco in third. They're not going to catch PSG at the top. But second place is insane for this team. They are a team's team. And what's even funnier is the guy who runs them, the manager that runs them. He was essentially at B in sports for five plus years. His last managerial role was 14, uh, 13 years ago, 12 years ago. Oof. He was the niece coach. His name is Eric Roy or Eric Waugh, uh, 56 years old. And he had not managed anything he was the sporting director for Watford he was the sporting director for oh gosh who was it 
That's I forget who he was the sporting director for. Yeah, and he was gone. He was literally out of sight, out of mind from the <laughs> sideline for many years, and he really wasn't that good of a manager mm-hmm. for Nice. He wasn't terrible, but right now they've got only one loss in their last 10 games, and they're doing it with names that are Ligue on Vets. So you're mm-hmm. talking like Romain Del Castillo. Mm-hmm. You're talking about who's the other guy, uh, Pierre Lise-Melou. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not household names at all. They're likely also not names that are going to be snapped up. So they could actually build on this. Mm-hmm. But they're two, three big jewels that you have to remember because we are FC Wonder Kid. Lillian Brassier, who is another Stade Rene product, who is their center back, one of the best young center backs in the league right now. And that's saying something because France is chock full of good young center backs. Mm-hmm. You have one of the best left backs, young left backs in the league. Actually, one of the best left backs in the league is Bradley Laco, 21 years old. And then my favorite, who had four goals in a game, is Kamori Dumbia, who went to AFCON, was Mali's best player at AFCON, um, and is also one of the best players for Brest. So, gotta just had to throw it out there, give you a little bit of a, uh, a, a fun... You know, we were all talking about Will Still last season mm-hmm. and Stad Rim. Right? This season, it's Eric Wa and Stad Brestois. So, there you Very go. Very well said. Getting that Back knowledge to, to the UCL, people UCL that want to know about the Ooh. Champions League. I like to know that. Got it, so, baby. PSG goes through against Real Sociedad. Arsenal against yep. Porto. How are you feeling? Arsenal will overcome at the Emirates, guys. I know, I know, I know how you feel, Alex. Last time this happened, believe it or not, in 2010, completely different teams. Uh, but in 2010, uh, Porto won the game at the Jurgao, and mm-hmm. then they lost five zip, five zip at the Emirates. Okay, and that was back when leading Arsenal was Th- Tomas Rizitsky, when it was Andre Arshavan, and it was Lord Nicholas Bentner up top. <laughs> Do I think Arsenal will beat Porto five nothing at the Emirates? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Do I think they will win and overcome? I do think they'll win it overcome. I think the defense will set the way, and I think we're looking at a Kai Havertz goal to make it happen. Ah, you'll so, the masterclass against Arsenal. Come on, Porto. Now, a Barca-Napoli. <laughs> what you what you feel here? I, I, lo- I love this game. I love this game. Napoli is not very good right now, but Kavard mm-hmm. is doing well. Um, last time, what was it, last two years ago, I think it was Adama Traore had a two-assist day, which, like, never happens. Mm-hmm. And Obama Yang was on the score sheet for Barcelona for them to get by them in the Europa League. I think Barcelona's a better team. Mm-hmm. So Barcelona's going to get through, even if they're not playing at, at camp now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Barcelona will be fine. No reason to disrupt the trend. Barcelona knocks Napoli out. The last dance of Xavi in the Champions League. Come on, Barca. Yeah. I also believe Barca's going through. Atletico Inter. The Inter manager that's going to be at Inter until 2027. Contract extension yeah. rumored right now. Atletico Inter, Big how deal. are you feeling? Uh, this just feels too almost good to be true for Inter. Uh, they are steamrolling everybody mm-hmm. right now they've got 12 wins one draw in their last 13 games Oof. and they've got Antoine Griezmann still trying to fight back to fitness for this game um so I'm not feeling too contrarian I don't see a way even at the Wanda Metro Metropolitano uh that they beat a really formidable squad in Inter and Inter is one of my favorite dark horses I guess to win this thing it's weird to say a finalist is a dark horse from last season. But um, Inter scored four scudetto. goals in each of their last four. They did. and No, they didn't. They didn't. Napoli did. They didn't. 
They, Nap- Napoli did. You're right. They were well, they were more of a dark horse last season than they are this season. Exactly. But with Manchester City in the mix, you almost have to call them still a dark horse. Uh, but mm-hmm. they have scored four goals in each of their last Serie A contests, and two of those included Atalanta and AS Roma. Ooh. So they're doing something right. And Lautaro Martinez, if he was anywhere else, any other league right now, specifically if he was in England. Um, Lautaro Martinez would be a $150 million valuation, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's insane. He's, he's 25, 26 years old, and he just joined the list of only like seven Argentinians to score 100 goals in Syria. True. So, and his third consecutive season, th- three consecutive seasons scoring more than 20 per, uh, Serie A goals. That's mad. That's awesome. And you said 25. Yeah. Captain Lautaro Martinez. El Toro for a reason. Dortmund PSV. Mm. PSV, they're going to remain unbeaten in the enemies. They didn't lose to Feyenoord. 2-2 game. That was a madness. So, do you that believe they're going to beat against Dortmund? Uh, listen, they had errors versus Feyenoord. They haven't looked as, like, great. In fact, my underrated center back, um, th- that center back pairing did not look so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Dortmund, I think, if Dortmund wins this, and I do... Mm, if Dortmund wins this, it's because Signal Aduna throws PSV off more than it's Dortmund. Okay? True. That's what I'm saying about this. Uh, now, Dortmund has a pretty good team, uh, but PSV, I think this is one of the best PSV teams that they've had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that said, I want to see PSV through, but my heart tells me that Dortmund will actually get this done, even though I don't like them under come on Bakayoko Vermar and Luke De Jong um, I believe they can I mean, get the win though I, think I, I really I really want to see it um and Malik Tillman has looked great for them uh I'm just more excited I'm, I'm starting to bubble over uh, in enjoyment uh with CONCACAF Nations League coming up I'm more excited to see Malik Tillman <laughs> Ricardo Pepe Sergino Dest, Come Johnny on, Cardoso, Real Betis, <laughs> Christian Pulisic. I'm ready to see that. I know we're talking Champions League, but three guys, three American guys taking the field for PSV. That was history when that happened in that 1-1 draw versus Dortmund. Now let's see him get by Dortmund. So my heart says I want to see PSV win. My brain tells me Signal Aduna is in a formidable opponent in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So you go with <laughs> Dortmund. Okay. I do. Man City, I do Copenhagen. Man City, obviously, right, Brett? Man, man, <laughs> man City. Man City. Yeah. Make it, make it interesting, Copenhagen. Exactly. Make it interesting. Make it interesting. And the last one, Bayern against Lazio. And for me, it's mega interesting because if Bayern, if Bayern Munich lose to Lazio, I am sure of what I'm saying. Thomas Tuchel will be sacked. A hundred percent. And to replace him, Xabi Alonso next season, that would be the dream scenario. But I think the best possible coach would be Arnest Slot from Feyenoord. A manager mm-hmm. that I consider very underrated and refused Tottenham last summer before they went for Anje Postagoku. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Arnest Slot is not losing the Eredivisie this year. It's PSV is just so- something else <laughs> exactly. this season. It's hard to match that form ever. But I am going to say it. Allianz Arena... Is formidable. Bayern is still a formidable team. They're still a better team than Lazio. And we're talking about Lazio as if they like steamrolled Bayern. No. Upa Meccano was sent off in like the 14th minute. And on top of that, Sierra Immobile converted a penalty for them to win. One nothing. I think both teams have terrible form right now. Both teams have terrible 
form right now. Um, Lazio, they lost to Bologna. They lost to Fiorentina. They lost to AC Milan. I mean, any real European ambitions they had, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're kind of seeing dissipate away uh, as it stands. And Bayern, obviously, they, they, they kind of stink too. They're not doing so hot, but they still have Harry Kane, well, and they still have Allianz Arena, and they still have Joshua Kimmich, and they still have Thomas Mueller, but they and still, they still have Jamal Musiala. And they still and have, have the Bundesliga, but not for long, because Bayer Leverkusen no. is going to win it. Ten points but away see, now, Bayern Munich. 99 goals scored by the team of Xavi Alonso. 30 years, crazy. no titles. No Bundesliga title ever in their history, but guess what? Xavi Alonso ball is happening. Goal Leverkusen. Oh my gosh! And the Frimpong Grimaldo thing—I I, hey. I need somebody—I I need somebody to be a historian here. Go back and tell goal involvements. Grimaldo right. has tell eleven me. goals, eleven assists. Frimpong ten goals, ten assists. It's insane. What? Like, tell me, has there ever been a better, you know, duo in terms of uh, efficiency and and ruthless goal scoring and and setting up the table? Like it's. 10 points. And that is a- another reason why I do think Bayern will overcome Lazio. Because I think 10 points is too much. Well, and I, I don't know what two was the Barcelona Real Madrid in the past. <laughs> <laughs> the Marcelus, the Carvajal, and obviously the Daniel they... Alves and Alba. Yeah, but I mean, but f- from sheer numbers, were they as productive? Yeah. You're definitely right that they were better. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they had another goal. What was it? I know. I know. Cologne lost a man early on, True. so it was only a matter of time. But Grimaldo scored again today, uh, or over the weekend, Frimpong and scored, uh, yeah. and Jeremy Frimpong scored as well. And it's like they have this little uh, arms race between the two of them, where <laughs> they just keep scoring and scoring. And in the in the Bundesliga alone, I think it's like almost half half of the goals mm-hmm. have had scored by them have had uh, the the footprint of a Jeremy Frimpong and Alejandro Grimaldo. But I am going to say 10 points, too much to to overcome for Bayern. So that is why I think all eggs are being put, mm. or all eggs better be put in the Champions League basket. Um, I think they've already lost the domestic front. Now they've got to go win Europe. Mm, interesting. Definitely interesting Champions League choices, Bretson. Yeah. So a quick fire. I'll say, the, I'll say the names and you just say the winner. So Real Sociedad yep. PSG. PSG. Arsenal P- uh, Porto. Arsenal. Ba- Barça Napoli. Barcelona. Atlético Inter. Inter. Dortmund PSV. Oh, it hurts to say. I think Dortmund will do it. Dortmund. Come on, PSV, Man City, Copenhagen. <laughs> Man-, Man City. And the last one, Bayern against Lazio. Uh, Bayern, we're also missing Real Madrid, but Real Madrid. Uh, and Real Madrid against Leipzig. Real Madrid. Yes, that is well, true, Britain. <laughs> that, that is that is closer than they would like it to be. How could I be missing um, when I'm wearing their jersey? Oh, my days. And I are just you wanted wearing to their say, oh, Vini Jr., I, he, Vini Jr., two goals against Valencia. The whole stadium was against him. He puts that iconic celebration, and you got to say, he's a world-class player right now, Vini Jr. Vini, 250 games for Real Madrid, 10 trophies, 73 goals scored, 71 assists, and when he finishes that game, he says, I want to be one of the best ever wearing this shirt of Real Madrid. Do I believe he can become one of the best ever? 
I do believe, because he's got Carlo Ancelotti developing him towards becoming a Ballon d'Or player one day. And what a robbery yeah. that was. What a robbery. <laughs> I have seen poor refing sometimes in my life, but this was one of the worst decisions I've seen in my life in terms of refereeing. He should have blown oh. the whistle before if he was going to do it. If he didn't, don't blow it. Like, what? Oh, he should have yeah. Well, listen, everyone, everyone's talking about whether it's Forest Liverpool or it's Real Madrid. Um, everyone's talking about those while Major League Soccer started the season <laughs> with uh, what we call scabs. We call replacement refs, right? Mm -hmm. Because the referees are currently in lockout with their pro, the pro referees that essentially run them. Okay. Mm. So they're in lockout with Major League Soccer, which we, we don't have top tier refs right now they're pulling them from second leagues and third leagues and uh the first first week went okay second week not so much sir but anyway that was my segue into major league soccer major league soccer has poor roughing oh my days but major league yeah. soccer hasn't have a, ha, don't have a poor attendance major league soccer no. when i see games in major league soccer the stadium is absolutely full if it's in Charlotte, definitely. And now Inter Miami, every game. But one thing's for yeah. sure. It's the one of the first weeks in Major League Soccer, and we already see the best duo in the MLS, Luis Suarez and Lionel Messi. <laughs> oh my Both gosh. having braces. Not braces. Yeah, yeah. Actual braces and goals. <laughs> and Yeah, not, not braces on their knees, like a lot of people said Luis Suarez would have. And mm -hmm. two goals, two assists. Uh, this Orlando City team that they beat, and I know most people are approaching this from, well, Messi and Suarez are there and Busquets are there. So, like, there is no other team. They all pale in comparison. And, and I do understand that. But still, Orlando City is considered mm -hmm. one of the favorites to win the Eastern Conference if it's not an Inter-Miami, right? If it's not an FC Cincinnati. The fact that they literally just ran riot over them um, mm -hmm. was actually a little bit surprising to me, considering the other games that they've played previous to this, okay? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like, guaranteed. But yeah, Messi had two goals. Luis Suarez basically told the whole camp that thought Luis Suarez had bought it. Hey, remember me? I had 26 goals and 17 assists last season for Gremio. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't like if you play the way I need to play right now and Orlando City allowed them to play the way that they, they needed to play, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to score goals because I'm a ruthless finisher still at 37 years old. Oof. And that's what he showed. Um, so head to head, I, are on paper, Inter Miami. I'm gonna say it again. They're they're MLS Cup favorites. Yes. Sure. I think what most people need to think about, though, and and where my realism, I guess, comes in and skepticism comes in, is that the fact that MLS is also milking the heck out of these guys ah. for as many fixtures as they most possibly can. Uh, on top of that, you're gonna have Copa America, where I believe Luis Suarez will go, mm -hmm. and I also believe. Messi's going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and any injuries to these guys, they're only as good as their backups, right? Or they're only as good as their young core. Now, do I think Inter-Miami will lift the MLS Cup trophy? Yes. I don't. What? I don't. Yes, they will. Do, do, <laughs> do, I, do I think that they, will, they could be Supporter Shield winners, which is the best record, essentially the winner of the league before you do the American playoff thing, right? Yes, I think they could be uh, Supporter Shield winners for sure. And and to many, to many, that's actually a better accomplishment. The issue is, is you're, you only really remember the MLS Cup both. winner. 
They'll right? win both. They win the. You they'll, think so? they'll win both. Yes, they win the Shield well, and they win the MLS Cup. One on one, uh, no one should beat the Sintar Miami team in the knockout game. In my point of view, yeah. and I don't want to say Messi well, Ronaldo comparison, but if Ronaldo was yeah. there at 36. I think mm -hmm. he would 100% not lose that game in a final or a semi-final. And I 100% believe <laughs> Messi feels that way. The way you see oh. Messi dribbling against Orlando City this weekend, it's like he's it's like he's levitating almost. Nobody can touch him. Yeah. The dribbling is just on another level. And I'll be shocked. Whoever beats this Inter Miami team will also be an historic team in MLS history. Because you will yeah. be remembered as a team that beat Inter Miami. That will be ridiculous mm -hmm. when that happens, if and, that happens. And that, and that is why this summer I expect it to be, right, when the, the European seasons are over, I expect the secondary transfer window for MLS to be one of the hottest Ooh that has ever been seen in MLS because I think people do realize that. I mean, maybe you can get a one-off result on Inter-Miami, mm -hmm. uh, but if they are healthy, and that's a big if, right? If they are healthy... <laughs> Uh, they are better. They are much better. And they've are, you've already seen like a Julian Gressel, the MLS vet that mm -hmm. they brought in, um, and the young guys like a Diego Gomez, like mm -hmm. a Tomas Aviles, they are already incredible additions to this team. Mm -hmm. And they're going to need a Kromoski to come back. They're going to need all these guys because they're going to need their whole dang roster uh, to win this thing. But um, there are other good teams so far, FC Cincinnati. But yes, none of them Charlotte? very clearly... None of them have the the star power. Yeah, and Charlotte's about to bring another. Uh, you remember Lyle Abada? Yes, Lyle Abada from Celtic, good Israeli yeah. player. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty two years old. He had ten goals, five assists for Celtic last season. Sounds to me like uh, Tom Bogert, who is our version of uh, the American version, if you will, of Fabrizio Romano. Mm. Um, he says that Lyle Abada is on his way to Charlotte FC. Nice one. And why uh, not, man? Playing Abada, in front of 60,000 people? Abada would be one of the top players in goal involvements if he goes to Charlotte, in my point of view, in the MLS. I, would, I think that I could think be the that. case. And I wanted to say but, another prediction, too. The golden boot mm -hmm. race right now is Christian Benteke against Lionel Messi. I fully expect yeah. or Luis Suarez or Lionel Messi to finish top two in terms of goal scorers in the MLS. And one of them will have to yep. be the number one. Inter Miami winning well, the MLS Cup and having the Golden Boot winner. <laughs> and uh, I, I hope to have a little more MLS content coming uh, in the near future, just talking about some of the other teams. But Inter Miami very much is the story. And Yoris. Um, and my. And Yoris uh, playing in the snow. In Utah, welcome to Utah. I was shook. Real Salt <laughs> Lake was all uh, all over the screens on social media. Everybody was shocked with Yogi's yeah. playing on the snow. So the MLS and, and brings us new things that, in football. <laughs> oh, yeah, new things in football for sure. And that is why most people that say, why doesn't MLS play on the European schedule? That is exactly why we don't play MLS on the European schedule because Real Salt Lake is vastly different than playing in Philadelphia, than playing in Miami, than playing in Houston, than playing in Los Angeles, and playing in Minneapolis for Minnesota exactly. United, or Montreal right now. It is winter sometimes when it is just, it's so ridiculous. And mm -hmm. in Frisco, where, where FC Dallas is, in Houston during the summer, uh, it is brutal. We're talking 110, 115 on the field. Um, I, I don't know what that is, Celsius. So for somebody to do that, I, I apologize. <laughs> but that is why uh, I don't see it ever happening, um, at least anytime soon. But listen, 
It is such a fun, uh, fun league. We'll talk about other teams. We'll talk about the Cincinnati's. We'll talk about, you know, Herman Bertarame might be coming to Portland Timbers, but that's not for this particular show here. We did a lot today in episode 146, did we not? Exactly. And let us know what have we missed. Don't forget to like this video if you're listening until now. And people, amazing community. Thank you for going bold with us. Another week, episode 146. Thank you, people.